For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You could be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. This summer, Sprite is bringing you the Live from the Label Tour, featuring live stream concerts from your favorite hip-hop artists, including Lotto, Saweetie, and Jack Harlow. Need a ticket? Just buy a Sprite bottle and scan the label. Scan three bottles and see three of this summer's hottest shows. We causing a commotion. Brought to you by Sprite. Get your ticket to Sprite's Live from the Label Tour when you purchase a 20-ounce Sprite or Sprite Zero Sugar at your nearest retailer. Copyright 2021, the Coca-Cola Company. All rights reserved. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thank you for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. Wherever you're listening, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform, we greatly appreciate it. I'm your co-host, Connor Miles. With me is my co-host, Johnny Page. Johnny, we're with Eagles Brawl now. I know it's been old news now since we're on episode four or five at this point, but I'm excited, man. That network really believes in us and it's great to be with such a building brand, and I know you and I always talk Eagles football in, in uh, messages, so I'm glad that we finally had an outlet to come on and finally voice our opinions and in in-depth, in because you and I both know writing articles doesn't get doesn't get the whole point out. It gets half of what we feel. Uh, when we get behind the mic and just let it all out, it's good. It's refreshing, man. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of podcasts, really. I think that's why I've taken off so much recently. When you write an article or you tweet something, even a thread on Twitter, sometimes you just want to provide a little bit more context. And I think that's, the, as you said, the beauty of podcasts is that it will give us that platform to hopefully have a few good guests on and uh, talk about what we really see on the field, especially things like film room and stuff. When you study players' tape, it can be quite annoying trying to put it into an article because it can be quite hard to sort of get the words out correctly uh, without sounding too negative or too positive. So hopefully... Uh, in podcast form, it should give us a really, really good chance to be able to break down these players properly and say what we actually think. I, I, I'm excited for our film review ideas, though. That's going to be a really fun episode. Uh, even when you and I get into it, I'm, I'm excited about that. But so we really want to do something special here now, and 
for a series on the episode is look at the state of the position uh, across the Eagles roster. I know other podcasts do it. I know other networks do it for writing purposes, but I just want to discuss that with Johnny. Uh, I'm sure Tyler will come on and have his opinions too, but today it's going to be Johnny and I discussing safety, linebacker, running back, and just going in on our thoughts of how we feel about each position group moving forward. Johnny, let's start off with safety. You, Tyler, and now Ed have all said the same thing when it comes to Jalen Mills, that you aren't sure that he plays safety this year. They might go ahead and keep him back a corner, especially with Darius Slay on board. You have a guy like Nicole Roby Coleman in the slot. You can do worse than Jalen Mills at cornerback number two, let's just be honest. But the competition right now is Amante Maddox and Sidney Jones there. Right now, we're led to believe, because of what Justine Anderson went off of and Jalen Mills announced, is that he's playing safety this year. If you're looking at the safety position with Rodney McLeod, your bonafide best safety on the team. Glad the Eagles brought him back. Very underrated starter for the team. Keeps the secondary afloat way more than people realize, especially when he got injured in 2018. Uh, his impact was sorely missed in that secondary. So it's, I'm glad they brought him back. Uh, they're going to miss Malcolm Jenkins, as we know. You can't replace that leadership. You can't replace a veteran of his stature. I do think his play tailed off a little bit. Uh, they kept the majority in the box last year, 399 snaps. That was the majority of his defensive snaps. So they really – it was just a time where they probably didn't want to invest more into him given what he was showing them and given how they were using him going forward. They turned his his salary into quantity. Uh, they fitted under their cap number with Nicole Roby Coleman, Mills' contract, Will Parks, now in just the safety equation. Uh, Darius Slay's cap number this year is really low. So they really went after quantity. It's going to be interesting to see how safety turns out. But I know you guys talked about it with Mills at corner. I like him at safety. I think I, I really like his uh, run recognition. You always see he has the instincts of a safety when he plays corner even too. His eyes are always in the backfield. He keeps him locked on the cornerback. I think when he moves into this position, like plays more in the box, it's going to be – I don't want to say it's an upgrade in Jenkins like that at, to that aspect, but I think he's going to be great versus the run. I, uh, he, he's a good run stopper. Um, I'm going to look into his stats right now for what he is against the run, but when I put on the tape – Against the Patriots, when he stuffed out James, or it was either Sonny Michelle or James White out of the backfield this past season, loved it. Does it against the Redskins a couple times too. I like Mills of safety. I I think it's more. I think what they're going to do is put him in the slot a couple times. Uh, maybe maybe let yes line him out wide at corner, which they can now. Uh, depending on matchups, maybe put him on CD Lamb. Maybe you put him on the the bigger physical guys, DK Metcalf, when they match up in the playoffs. Uh, you get my drift with that. But the thing that I love most about the secondary and the safety position is the versatility and how much they can different things they can do with their guys this year. And having three, I don't want to say three solid guys because I'm not sure what Bill Parks is at this point. I know a lot of guys, people love him on Twitter now, but again, he wasn't a bona fide starter in Denver. Comes to the Eagles on one million dollar pre deal. Uh, I don't think he's a lot to make the team. But because I did like Andrew Sadeho last year, I did like what the Eagles did at safety death last year where they brought in Jonathan Cyprian and Andrew Sadeho. I thought those would be upgrades over the play Corey Graham gave you the year prior. Didn't work out. Sadeho was awful. 
uh, Cyprim was traded for Duke Riley as a fringe roster player trades. I don't want to go ahead and love this Will Parse move just yet, but I I do like him better as death. So that's why – and he is very versatile. He plays in the box, plays single high, uh, can play the slot as well. But what do you – so what are you thinking right now? What, what, what I'm saying, do you do you like what the, the, the versatility or what do you, what do you think about the safety position right now? Yeah, so there's a ton there with a the safety position. It's probably the most interesting uh, safety group the Eagles have had um, since I've been watching them really for a number of years. I mean, it's been McLeod and Jenkins obviously for a while. Um, I think if you're an optimistic fan, you would say the versatility is really good. What it allows them to do is in the matchup league, as we are in still, um, it allows you to match up with different players. So I'm fine with Mills at safety. It's not that I don't like him there. Um, I didn't mind. I liked Mills at corner more than some people. Um, I'll never forget, it's a long time ago, Mills got beat quite badly a few years ago when he was played the Falcons. But he actually sort of lined up with Julio Jones okay. If you can remember that game, it was years ago. And I think that's Mills' kind of receiver in a weird way, the big, the bigger physical ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in certain games, he'll do well. I like him on big slot receivers. I like him on that kind of a yeah, Larry Fitzgerald's types. I like him on a tight end as well. I think he can do that role, as you said, that Jenkins did. Uh, my worry is he's not going to have the ability to go both ways. Um, so if you're going to get the quickie, uh, quickie, it's not a word, the quicker, uh, shifty receivers like your Julian Edelman's or your generic, uh, small white slot wide receiver, uh, those kind of receivers, I think will cause him uh, a little bit of trouble. And I also worry that a lot of teams now are using the slot for a lot of vertical routes, for a lot of deep crossing routes. You look what the Eagles do with Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I worry about him against a player like that because when you've got someone like Deshaun Jackson on the outside and you're big like Mills, uh, you can use your size to press him to the corner. When you're in a slot, it's a lot harder. The fact you can go either way it's going to make it quite interesting to watch how Mills uh, can cover receivers like that but who knows how much you'll be asked to do that we don't really know yet we haven't seen him there they've obviously got Nicol Robbie Coleman who is a very very good slot corner and they've got a lot of other cornerbacks that are suited to the slot so it could be that Mills becomes like a matchup player that is how I would like him to be used um, but I think you've got obviously Wallace and Parks and they're very similar they're very very versatile you don't really know exactly where they'll play uh, Wallace is obviously sort of a well-rounded safety that's good at everything the question mm-hmm. is uh, what is he going to do most of? Is he going to be that kind of safety that plays in the slot a lot? Um, he had a few issues when I watched him with his angles when he was further away from the field. I liked him more close to the line of scrimmage. Um, I thought he struggled a bit with open field tackles at time. Um, and he's not the quickest, so he hasn't really got the range to play single high like McLeod. Um, if McLeod does go down, which obviously you don't want to talk about injuries, but who's going to play that uh, sort of single high safety at times when the Eagles do it? So there's quite a lot of... Um, the optimistic side of me thinks there's so much versatility there. They're going to be able to match up different teams. Uh, the worry is, and I always think versatility is a great word, that sometimes players or fans as well overrate versatility. Well, versatility is great, but it doesn't always mean you're going to be really good. You have to actually nail down a starting slot. Um, so I'm really interested to see how they use um, these different players at different times. So just to piggyback off your mill statement, they played him in the slot 32 times last year. So that's what they tell you how they think about him as a slot corner. They don't, I would imagine, I don't I would have to go back and look at each, what each snap was in the slot, where, what games they were against. But I would imagine it's against a more physical slot wide receiver. Like you said, uh, one game that stood out for me for Mills where he played uh, in the box was a couple of years ago in 2017 versus the Panthers. He was on Kelvin Benjamin. He ran across – I mean, we all – nobody's everybody's going to listen to this and think Kelvin Benjamin's a bum anyway, so what does this prove? But it's yeah, just an he example. <laughs> it's just a, it, He is a bum, I know. It's just an example that I liked. 
2017, Cam throws it out to Kelvin right away. Mills comes quickly from his range and pulls him down immediately, makes a immediate tackle, physical hard tackle on Kelvin Benjamin that stops the third down. I mean, excuse me, doesn't get, stops them from getting the first down. So I like him around the line of scrimmage. I wrote about that in an article for Philly Sports Network too. I really like him in the box because he his instincts are always that of a safety. Uh, we saw that at LSU. I think there's – I'm not going to lie. I think Jalen Mills and Kevin Wallace in college were similar players in college. I'm not saying Kevin Wallace is going to come in the NFL and look like Jalen Mills because Kevin Wallace is going to have to be an outside corner like Jalen Mills was the majority of his career. So I like Kevin Wallace more in the slot than I do Mills, obviously. I think that's – everybody would. It's funny that PFF really thinks Wallace more of a slot guy, especially with the Eagles bringing on Nicole Roby Coleman, who is a bona fide nickel corner, and I don't envision anyone but him starting for them. But he is pretty good. Eight pass breakups from the slot. Uh, the only thing that they knock him for, which I agree with, and I think that's what he's going to struggle with in the NFL, and I think that's what's going to show immediately, with the, especially with the speed of the Mari Cooper and Terry uh, McLaurin in the division as is, is his vertical speed's not it's not there. It's not existing. Uh, yeah. That's why I don't, I'm not sure if you'd be able to really cover those type. If those guys are in the slots, I wouldn't want to have all of And that's, that's exactly what I was saying about Jalen Mills, really, when we compare the two is uh, I, I sort of disagree with PFF in that sense. I see they see him as a slot corner. Um, I think he's still sort of an interesting role player that if, he, if you're lucky, he'll develop into a full-time starter. But I worry about him and Mills on those type of speedy receivers you mentioned, you're going to get those Coopers in the slot. It's all very well saying, I always find this interesting when people say, oh, he's a really good uh, in the slot for a safety. Well, I don't want my safety to be average in the slot. If you're going to play the slot and you're going to line up against receivers, uh, you better be as good as a cornerback there. Otherwise, we're not going to use them. Malcolm Jenkins, when he was at his absolute best, was a could have been an, a top 10 slot cornerback with ease. I mean, he could cover Julio Jones out of the slot. He could cover the best slot receivers there were. We watched him shut them down. So that's ideally the end goal if you're going to play your safety there. Because if not, um, then obviously you're going to want your actual slot cornerbacks to play there. So I'm sort of uh, like you. I'm really interested to see Mills and Wallace. I don't know if they're going to profile as slot corners yet. Is in, can they come down in the box? Can they cover wide receivers uh, in man coverage? I think that yet is yet to be seen. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how Schwartz uh, uses them next year. Because I think you're right. I think they can sort of feel a quite similar role uh, in the defense. I don't know why PFF pitches in, but it really puts him in as a slot corner for Walsh. Because I really think he has the entire skill set of a dime nickel safety. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think actually um, you could make a similar argument for Will uh, Parks as well. Like you said, I'm not sure he's as talented um, as uh, Wallace is, but it's difficult. We sort of haven't seen Parks in a starting role for a while, but Parks is very similar. I know you spoke about it a little bit at the start. Um, he was cheaper than I thought, actually. I liked his tape a little bit more than yours. I watched him a bit when we signed him, and um, I was quite impressed by him. But then I was also a little bit concerned that he got so little money um, because that's the way the NFL is going. They like those kind of players now. And you'd think he would get a little bit more. But he was actually, when he was used quite a bit, was used at times like Jenkins. You could use him as your slot mm-hmm. cornerback. Um, you could use him 
um, with sort of coverage ability on tight ends and slot corners. I tell you something that's quite interesting as well. And I noticed this when I watched him. I think I will try and watch a couple of years tape if I can as well. And I don't know if he done this every game. Anyone that says they watched it, gone back and watched every single World Park snap, then fair enough. They got more time than I do. Um, but the time I did in, I think his rookie or second year, you actually saw him at times play as a dime linebacker. Which mm-hmm. is interesting because we're going to talk about the Eagles linebackers in uh, a little bit and they're not very good. Um, your dime linebacker is probably looking at maybe Nate Gary, maybe Jatavis Brown currently. That's probably going to be your dime linebacker and Schwartz played a little bit of dime last year. Um, so who knows? We know how much Schwartz like those, um, defensive coverage where he stands if I'm back about 20 yards on third and long. Uh, on third and long when you know the offense is going to come out throwing. Could you see uh, Will Parks in a dime linebacker role? I think that's something you haven't heard spoken about much. Um, I would not be stunned. So you could see a situation where Parks might get on the field as well as the others uh, because he could be an option on those further longs at linebacker. That's a good point. And to go into the – he had offers from the Lions, but then they traded for Jerron Harmon. So I, I think that offer went off the table. Uh, I think other places were rumored too. The people, the what they're saying is they took he he took less money to come home to Philadelphia and play for his hometown team, but uh, they were they had such a needed safety if they really wanted to, they really thought that much of him. I think it would have been a bigger deal, but I agree. With, I I did not think of that, and I do agree with you. The dime linebacker role might be good because I mean one of these look, you see the, what they're doing with the hybrid safety role now and how many of these guys that they're bringing in, like you and I are talking about right now, how, how Mills, how Wallace, how Parks has so much versatility. They know that. Yep. They're probably just going to want to see, like, hey, let it all unfold. Let's see how somebody fares there. And if they don't fare well there, we'll put this guy there. And if they don't fare well, we'll put them in their spot. Like, So I agree with you on that. And not only that, he's had so much – Parks has had so much different defensive coaching. Uh, yeah. In Denver, uh, Wade Phillips, uh, Vic Fangio. So he can do a bunch of different things. It's just he's never really proven himself as a bona fide starter. And his market told you that as well. But I mean, Jenkins signed with the Eagles for a really low deal after underwhelming uh, ended to his tenure with the Saints. I'm not going to completely discount it. I just don't I, – I think highly more of Mills and, and Wallace at this point. But also, Wallace out of all three of them is probably your best tackling safety, though, in regards to tackle. I mean, again, we haven't seen him at a professional level like we've seen the other two. But uh, Mills, Mills has some misses. Uh, he's a good tackler, but he, he has some misses. Uh, he didn't really play that much – Last year because of injury, but uh, over the course of his other three seasons as a starter, he he's he's missed a, a eight, nine, and nine. So it's- yeah, I think sorry on tackling. I think Wallace is a good tackler if he gets there. I think when I watch his tape a couple of times, he takes bad angles. I think that's what I meant when I said I like him closer to the line of scrimmage. I think to be honest, McLeod took some bad angles last year at times, which is quite uncharacteristic of McLeod. 
But the clues in the name when you talk about safety, you want someone that stops big plays. You shouldn't be giving up big rushing plays unless there's a lot of breakdowns uh, in your run defence. So I worry a little bit about Wallace from that angle. I think you're right. He wraps up really well. So it's funny when you talk about what makes a good tackler. Um, some players could have more missed tackles than others, yet I think they're a better tackler because they take better angles. And some players don't even get to the ball carrier in the first place to miss the tackle, if that makes sense. I'm not saying missed tackles are a good thing, but sometimes they show you that a player is there or they're about to the ball and right. they react quickly. So Wallace sometimes takes bad angles. Um, so stats might not show that as a missed tackle, but I think he's got to work a little bit on his leverage. And I think if he's nearer a line of scrimmage, he'll be better. Because I think he struggled a little bit more when he was further away from the line of scrimmage. Um, but I'm yeah, there's still that other... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's just really interesting because all three of them have got clear flaws. Um, there's nothing perfect about Parks, Mills. All three of them, you don't want to play. We keep talking about one thing that we're missing from the third safety role is we keep talking about these guys in the line of scrimmage. Which the third safety can't be around the line of scrimmage and you can play deep coverage. So I don't believe in Mills in deep coverage. You don't. No. I don't, I don't believe in Wallace in deep coverage. I don't think you do. I mean, we don't. We we don't know. That's our opinion, but I, I don't. No, I don't if you think about Parks it. Deep coverage either. I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, let me tell you why right now. His, his coverage grades, besides out of 2018, which was 2018 was his best season as a pro, and if you can get 2018 production out of him, you probably found your starter at safety, though, opposite of McLeod, to be honest with you. But other than that, that was his outliner season so far. Uh, his coverage grades have been below uh, 75. It's been bad. 57 in, in 2019, gave up five touchdowns last year in coverage he was credited to, and was 118 when targeted. Uh, that pass rating was when he was targeted. It, it wasn't prettier in 2017. It was 115. He gave up four touchdowns. This guy's not good in coverage either. So none of these guys I'm really – I know people are going to pull up uh, the PFF grade for uh, Wallace in coverage. I think it was 92. But he was dealing with slot guys. Like he, 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 His frame, his physicality, the player that he was, he's going to win against these college slots even if they're from the SEC. So he's a fourth-round pick for a reason. He, I, I do think he's a good player. I, I think he's going to be the eventual starter for the Eagles on safety, to be honest with you. I just don't – I don't think any of these guys are going to be the caliber of player Jenkins was for the Eagles. Yeah, just last thing for me as well. We mentioned about none of these players being that good deep and more of a line of scrimmage. I think it's fair to say, especially as the Eagles sign Slay, um, they're not going to sign Slay to be a cover two corner. Um, they're going to play a lot of single hard this year. I think it's safe to say they're going to play quite a lot of man. Um, there's going to be quite a lot of cover oh, three, cover absolutely. one type stuff. So you might not need your safety to roll back um, as much. You might find that you can get in close to the line of scrimmage and they're obviously going to bank on Slay um, shutting down number one wide receivers or at least competing with number one wide receivers. So I think you'll probably see less cover too anyway. So maybe that's not as big of a, a worry as we think. The only tough thing about these time zone things is with the difference between us is Johnny, unfortunately, was not there for the Ed Cross interview and uh, we record before we release episodes just to have content lined up. So uh, Ed really hit on this, and I talked to him about that too. Darius Slate, since Matt Patricia was there, has played the, the third most press snaps out of any corner in the NFL, which is New England nuance anyways. He's very great in zone coverage, as he showed with Terrell Austin and Jim Shorts 
when they ran the defenses in Detroit. But he's also very good in press coverage. And the reason why last year his numbers impressed that PFF, because if you want to go to the analytics side and you look at the numbers last year, they're not good. But he injured his hamstring in week three, and it was never the same during the season. He was in the medical tent all throughout the year. That's It's tough to play press coverage with a bum hamstring. It's tough to play football anyways, for that matter. But uh, I agree with you. Slay gives them so much more of a dynamic that they didn't have before that allows them to be so versatile with these guys that they have a safety now. And I also, to wrap up safety and hit on a point that you, you alluded to with McLeod, second year coming off ACL, I thought he did take some horrible angles last year that was out of his character, but I do think, again, like we talked about, it is a two-year injury window to recover from that. I think Rodney McLeod is going to have a huge year this year in terms of him, of his career. I'm not saying he's going to be a elite player or anything like that. I think he's going to have a Pro Bowl caliber year, though. Yeah, that would be big. That would be big because he was going to need some consistent safety production and he needs to really bounce back to what he's been like his previous years here rather than uh, how we played last year. Do you want to move on to the uh, Yeah, linebacker? we're moving on to linebacker now. We're, we're talking we're, safety forever, to be honest. It's a really fascinating group, yeah. I know. We, 22 minutes in already on safety. All right, linebacker, though. So their number one linebacker on this team, in my opinion, is Nathan Gary. Uh, I don't believe he's the most talented. I don't believe he's the best one on the roster. I believe he is the Eagles' number one linebacker in the eyes of Jim Swartz and Kenville Joe. Now, my biggest issue with Nate Gary's missed tackles, I, 16 missed tackles last year, his technique is horrible. Uh, he takes. You want to talk about McLeod's angles. You want to talk about Mills's angles. You want to talk about Wallace's angles. Nate Gary is, does never take straight angles, and I think the transition from safety to linebacker for him has been more of a struggle than we want to give it credit than it, to. But I like Nate Gary as a backup. I don't like him as a starter. Uh, not the best in coverage. Not the best tackling. Below average versus the run. I would like them to move on. Not move on, but I like them. I would not like – look, he played 620 snaps last year. It's probably going to be around the same this year, if not more, with Nigel Batum being gone. My favorite linebacker on this team that I think is the best linebacker for them this season is TJ Edwards, which isn't saying much, to be honest with you folks. I'm not, this is going to be their weakest group going into the uh, – the season, no matter what happens in training camp, no matter what happens in preseason, no matter what happens on the waiver wire, it's going to be their weakest group. I don't really see them adding. I don't see them bringing Nigel Bannon back. I don't think. I don't think they think he has it anymore to play uh, the Mike linebacker role in this defense. I think they want to go younger. I think they want to go with these more hybrid guys, as they've shown. Like I said, TJ Edwards. Uh, no missed tackles last year on a minimum of 110 snaps. A lot better for him. A lot better tackler than Nathan Gary. Uh, you probably he would probably play your Mike, and then you probably have Gary weak side. I would assume as your two linebackers. I I don't like Jatavius Brown like you do. I know that you, you you think he starts. I don't think so. Uh, I liked him as a rookie coming out. He's underwhelmed every year since uh, injuries have been piling up on him. I don't think he's a starting caliber player. Duke Riley is a special teamers. 
Sean Bradley, who they drafted the sixth round special team guy, I think he replaces Kamu Gruger Hill in his role. And if he gets snaps on the field, that's fine. I don't think so, though. I think he's just a special teams linebacker. Duke Rowley, you could even cut now that you have Sean Bradley. Davion Taylor, I'm with you, like we said in the post-draft episode. Uh, I think he's a project still. I don't I don't believe he's... A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. See much from him in year one. Uh, I, I like his prospects as a weak side linebacker moving forward, though. Uh, has a lot of range. I think he fits the two linebacker scheme for, very well. I don't think he makes an impact in year one, though. Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on the linebacker position. So if you want to go in on that. Yeah, they're an interesting group. I just want to clear up one thing that people seem to mention to me on Twitter, which drives me insane. There was a lot of talk this year from high-profile sort of analysts like Adam Kaplan, who said that actually if everyone wasn't there at wide receiver, they could take a linebacker in round one, and everyone laughs. And I agree, it's probably never going to happen. Um, but there's one thing that annoys me, is there's this idea that the Eagles don't care about linebacker. And actually, we'll talk about it about running back as well. Uh, the idea of the Eagles, they don't care about linebacker and running back. I mean, do we really think that Howie and Schwartz sort of go into the season? Uh, Howie goes to Schwartz, so what do you want this year? And he goes, oh, I don't want any good linebackers. That, just don't worry about giving me any of those positions. I can work with rubbish. I don't think the Eagles want to be bad. I think that's sort of a ridiculous statement. What the Eagles believe is that the way their scheme works is that they're going to build up on the defensive line and put their resources in that because it's, you, it's very hard to get edge rushes late in the draft. It's very hard to find Fletcher Cox in the third round. It doesn't happen uh, very often. Whereas linebacker, you get players that fly under the radars for different reasons. Um, it's a different sort of game in college. It's more spread out. Um, so sometimes linebackers can look worse. Um, and they can become better players in the NFL. But this idea that the Eagles don't want to be good, I find sort of ridiculous. The Eagles are going to put less resources in linebacker. But they paid Michael Kendricks a few years ago. I think Jordan Hicks would have got paid a pretty good deal if he didn't um, get injured too often. Nigel Bradham got paid when he first came here. Even under Chip Kelly, D'Amico Ryans uh, was here. They've had some big names at linebacker over the past. So I don't think they sort of, this idea that it sort of uh, annoys me a little bit, but they sort of almost don't care about the position. I just don't think they invest as much in it. Um, there is no doubt, though, it's a very weak uh, position. You sort of went through people um, pretty quickly, and I sort of agree with most of your stuff. I actually like Nate Gary a little bit more than some. I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap. He misses way too many tackles. I think you've, we spoke about the numbers before the pod. He missed about 16 tackles last year. There's also too many lapses in coverage, so he struggles to deal with play action. Uh, in my opinion, he struggles with instincts, which isn't a surprise because he wasn't a linebacker in college. Uh, and if we talk about poor instincts, go no further than Davion Taylor, who is not playing this year. I don't care what anyone says. Um, if Taylor's starting this year, then there's a huge problem. I don't care if he was a third-round pick. He was a late third-round pick, and I assume he was taken for special teams. Johnny, wait, just wait, there. wait. C- can we please just clear there on one thing about Davion Taylor before we move yeah. on? Because before you continue... You watched the two games that I watched because there's not much more you can get on him. Yeah. Tell me that you thought Colorado used Davion Taylor and his skill set correctly. Oh, no. No, okay, he was. So I just wanna, as long as you believe that, go yeah. ahead. He's not going to play anywhere near the role he played in college. He's, he's a pure projection. He is pure banking on athleticism. In my opinion, I think the Eagles decided that he's probably going to be so good on special teams. If he's a full round pick and he becomes a star on special teams and gives you a bit of sub. 
uh, linebacker role. Maybe he develops in nickel at times where you can play him and dime, maybe. Um, the odds of him being an Invercom's base uh, linebacker I just find incredibly uh, unlikely. Um, so I don't think he's going to contribute this year. So I think you can write him off this year. So I think you've got Gary, you've got TJ Edwards. Edwards just got a lot of love, and I agree with you. A lot of people would say he's the best linebacker. I just want to throw a little bit of wind um, to that fire, sort of. He only played about 110 snaps last year. And if you look last year, they barely ever had him on the field in passing downs. Uh, I think he played like 30 snaps. I think he played way more against the run last year. He was way more an early down linebacker when he did play. He's very physical in the box. He was a very, very good tackler. He was always around the ball. I think he had a ridiculous amount of tackles compared to how many snaps he played. But if you're going to play linebacker in the NFL in the modern day, you've got to be able to do something in pass coverage or you're not going to get on the field more. So Edwards has got a lot to prove to me still. There's no way I'm banking on him as a starter. Um, I do like Jatavis Brown a lot, not because I like him individually, but because I like him philosophically what he gives the Eagles. The Eagles have been slow for years at linebacker and he gives the Eagles out and out speed. In my opinion, um, they drafted Taylor to give them speed, but I think Brown might give them some of that speed. They're looking from Taylor anyway. Um, the problem with Brown is why did he get worse? And you mentioned it when you go and watch some of his tape, he gets worse each year. Um, to the point where he was no longer a starter last year. You want players to develop, uh, not the other way around. But I do think he's got the speed to line up with some of the faster tight ends. We know how much there's a lot of play action seam routes thrown to tight ends these days. A lot of offences are doing that. You need to have a tight end that can cover the seam. Sorry, you need to have a linebacker who can cover the tight end when he goes down the seam. Um, he is slightly undersized. But again, the Eagles like these undersized linebackers. When you look at Nate Gary, you look at Jatavis Brown, they like them because it's a philosophical thing where the defensive line should do a lot of the hard graft. They should be the ones taking double coverage. Fletcher Cox should be blowing up plays in the backfield. Brandon Graham should be doing things in the backfield. So the linebackers are more of a clean-up job. Uh, it's not a 3-4 scheme where you're relying on your linebackers to do sort of the hard work. The idea is the defensive line will carry them. So I get why they don't invest in it from that sense. Um, a little underrated thing about Javis Brown as well is he can rush the passer. Um, I don't think any of their linebackers have ever shown they can rush the passer. Um, they've had in recent years, really. And we have seen Schwartz get a bit more creative in recent years and throw a few more blitzes. Um, so I wouldn't be stunned if Jatavis Brown, uh, if he does start, they might use him a little bit in um, a couple of blitzes because he does have a little bit of pass rushing skill because of his speed. So it's not a very good group. Um, it's just, it's not. Um, they didn't add anything to it really in the draft. Javion Taylor, or Davion Taylor, sorry, isn't going to start. Sean Bradley, if he makes the roster, he's going to be a special team only. So I think a lot is going to come down to Brown, Gary and Edwards to try and make this position uh, not as bad as we think. Uh, but it's not going to be great. It's not going to be great. All you can say is that you hope that the Eagles can cover their deficiencies because the defensive line is so good. That is basically what they're banking on uh, next year. So there's a tweet because he came out in 2016 draft. I always had Jatavius Brown as like a six or seven round pick in my mock drafts that year for the Eagles. I liked him coming out and he did have a good rookie year for the Chargers. But like we said, he's got worse every year. To me, at this point, he's Nate Gary. They just signed the exact same player. I think everyone on the Eagles roster is actually Nate Gary on defense. I think uh, they've got they've got a lot of Nate Garys. There's a lot of safety linebackers that uh, take bad angles. And it was really quickly why we mentioned that it was so bizarre about Gary. I was watching some of him recently for this piece. They barely ever use him outside the box. Like for a safety who's become a linebacker, he isn't proper linebacker now. You don't see him doing, you sort of think safety linebackers can cover. He doesn't do that. He is a pure box linebacker, which is really interesting. I don't want to do that with Jatavius Brown, though. Yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't yeah. want to do that either with Jatavius Brown. I mean, even his rookie year, PFF gave him a good coverage grade, but the numbers aren't that great. He was targeted 
51 times, he gave up 42 receptions for 338 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he's got the he's, he's got he's got speed though. That's the one thing that he gives you. He does. Um, but he, but he, how much anymore though, man? He's been injured. That's the yeah, thing. He only played yeah. 94 snaps last year. He's a complete wild card. I agree with you though. I, I I understand where you're going with this. You you're you're optimistic because of what he's shown. I'm just not that much anymore because again he's getting worse every year. He, the injuries have been piling up with him. Uh, Look, I'm I'm hopeful though. I'm way more hopeful for Davion Taylor though than than you are. If Davion Taylor does not become the base linebacker in year three of his career, that's a whiff of a pick because it's third round pick, man. I know it's the end of the third round, so I really consider it a high fourth, but that's a whiff. I'll do one of those. What's all the things that all the popular podcasts doing? Putting down bets and give money to charity. Put it in like the title, little tagline of the podcast. Davion Taylor will never play in base. Put it down. I don't care. I've said it. Uh, tweet me when I'm wrong um, because I'm all, I'm quite often wrong, just as anyone is. Uh, uh, I don't put know. It down. I... Put it down. He'll I just... play in sub package. He'll, he'll start in the. He'll, I mean, by the way, when we define base, base isn't base anymore. So let's. Uh, we know right. the base isn't really base, but in terms of the generic definition of base, when you're going out there against. Uh, one two personnel or whatever. Uh, I don't think that I just don't think he's got the instinct. Are you, I mean, I, I've been reading loads recently because Ben Solak wrote a great piece at BGN uh, yesterday. Um, there was another great piece from PFF actually um, on the wide zone and how many teams are going to this uh, sort of Mike Shanahan offense. And we're going completely off tangent here. But linebackers in this that in playing against that offense, you're going to do that a lot now. You're going to play that against uh, Cleveland, where they've got um, Stefanski from formerly the Vikings. You've got the Vikings running this wide zone. You've got the Titans running it. Um, you've got the 49ers running it. There's so much. Um, obviously, you've got the LA Rams. You've got so much um, deception. You've got so many players crossing the formation with jet sweeps. You've got so much motion. I just personally, and again, it's philosophical, I want my linebackers to be really instinctual. It's, there's so much traffic. There's so much things you've got to read. And this is my favorite thing um, about linebackers. And I sort of contradicted myself. I just spoke about Tavis Brown being fast. Fast is great. Fast means nothing if you react slow. So let's just change one thing. Speed is great. Speed is irrelevant if you react slow. Sort of like being a wide receiver where speed is irrelevant if you can't get off the line of scrimmage because you can't show that speed. I don't care how fast you run in a straight line if you can't react and read to a play. And I saw Davion Taylor getting targeted in college um, and getting picked on. And if he's getting picked on by college uh, OCs, imagine what uh, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are going to scheme up for him. But... He was used all three so last year. Raw. He was so used wrong, he, and he was used wrong last year. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even being. I, don't, I mean, I, I am. <laughs> but I'm not being overly negative on Taylor's support. Where I don't like him. Yeah. I just, I just don't no. see him as that player. I don't see him as that type of a player um, that suits the modern game in that sense. I see him more as a special teamer um, who can do some stuff in nickel, maybe in dime, where you let him have very simple reads. Uh, go get the football, um, that kind of linebacker. But I think the way the game is going, I think you're going to need your linebackers to do a lot of different roles. And I worry that the Eagles are sort of slightly um, backwards in the way they view the linebacker position. Maybe they haven't adjusted to the way offense is going recently. Um, but then I think they're very modern in the way they look at safeties in some ways. So it's really interesting. It's a really interesting spot. I have no idea how it's going to work. They could be really bad, but they weren't great in recent years and the defense has still been pretty good at times. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. I don't trust them at linebacker evaluations at all. I, 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 because I think Jim Schwartz has way too much input on it, and I don't trust him with linebacker evaluations. Uh, and the main and huge reason why, I don't know if people remember this story last year, or if uh, 
the reports, but the front office in high risk wanted to sign Jamie Collins last year, last offseason, and was all in on Jamie Collins. And Jim Schwartz wanted Zach Brown. Yeah. And we I all know that. how Jim, Jim Schwartz has huge say they go with Zach Brown. So whatever they do a linebacker, count me skeptical. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I'm not – look, I don't disagree with you, but everything you say about Dave Allen Taylor is correct. Nobody can argue with it because it's it's what's on the film if you watch those games. It's, he, he does get paid on the slot. I just think it's because he doesn't understand. I don't think that coaching staff really helped him understand because that coaching staff Colorado, I would argue, uses players probably the worst in, that, in the program in the Pac-12. Uh, they made Chanel do everything without teaching him anything. They, they made Taylor do everything on defense without teaching him anything. He played one year of high school football. So – He's the type of player you really – you see the athlete that he is on from through testing and you trust your coaching staff to develop and become the player that you think the athletic traits can translate to, which is what I would argue the linebacker linebacker position is going with in the NFL nowadays. But I don't trust the guys that are developing him. They haven't proven to develop a linebacker. I would argue Jordan Hicks was mostly established before uh, – I mean, I don't want to say mostly established, but he already showed good play before Jim Schwartz came to town. I think, sorry, really? I think you can, I think you can say that Nate Gary has been a success story. I know that people go, "What?" But he was a fifth round pick that was a safety that never played linebacker, and they have developed him into whether it's a below average startup. Fair, fair point. But I think he has at least developed into a serviceable get, player from a fifth round. If you can pick. get a below average starter out of a fifth round pick that wasn't even playing the position before he got to the NFL, yes, yes. So it's a fifth round pick, yes. yes. People, you see all these guys like Antonio Brown, or not Antonio Brown, Stephon Diggs going the fifth round and stuff like that, and people expect you always did with these picks. Most of those guys only make the team. So if you have a guy that plays as much as Nate Gary has for the Eagles, even if it's not the greatest, uh, and you admit it yourself, because I think people are going to harp on us for this stuff a lot that we said on the pod uh, about labeling certain guys, like how we labeled Derek Barnett as an average starter, and now we're labeling Nathan Gary's below average, you're going to have those players in the NFL on teams. Uh, you can't you can't have every guy at every position at 50, now a 55-man roster, it sounds like, be great. It doesn't work that way. You have yeah, to round so the true. roster with guys. So ha- you're going to have that tier of your team with below average players, and Nathan Gary fits that tier, but he plays more than anybody in that tier. So... Yeah, I agree with you. Fifth round pick, never played linebacker before. Success for where he was drafted and the value they got out of him at that pick. But we got to hit running backs real quick and end end the show. Uh, I thought we covered linebacker pretty well, though. I thought we did pretty well. If I'll just say I like Davion Taylor, the athlete. If they can teach him some kind of linebacker instincts, get them into his head. I think you do have a starting linebacker. Uh, just because of athletic traits. But that's everything else that has to translate other than athletic traits normally doesn't, especially with coaching. Coaching's a huge part of it. So that's easily why it might not work out. But let's hit line, uh, running backs real quick. Johnny, I'm unlike most people on Twitter, which I, I if senders us get hurt, I will worry to a degree. But Doug Peterson – has done great things with Jarkandrick West and Spencer Ware when he was calling plays for the Chiefs. 
before being hired for the Eagles head coach. He made a washed-up Ryan Matthews look productive. He has Darren Sproles, who looked good early when he was with uh, Doug Peterson. Corey Clement was undrafted free agent, came out of nowhere. LeGarrette Blount was a training camp addition that nobody thought of outside of the New England organization that he made look good. Jay Ajayi, acquired midseason, was a huge contributor to that Super Bowl run. Uh, goes into the next season with Josh Adams and Monroe Smallwood, who complete nobodies. Josh Adams is a practice squad caliber player. Uh, Monroe Smallwood is a death, death guy. He made them look good. And then you have Miles Sanders last year, who was a, probably the biggest playmaker they have running back since Shady McCoy. Jordan Howard looked good. Boston Scott came out of nowhere off the practice squad and was a productive running back for them. Forgive me for this, but I trust Doug Peterson and Deuce Daly and Jeff Stoutland at the running back position. I'm not pining for them to add a veteran running back off the streets. Uh, they can wait until mid-training camp to decide if they need to add more depth behind Sanders. But right now with Sanders, Scott, Clement, see if he's back to full health. Uh, if they can really recapture some of his 2017 magic, that'd be great. Killian's, who I love, think he's an explosive playmaker. I want to keep adding explosive playmakers to the backfield. I think it changes the whole dynamic of an offense when you have that guy. And plus, I trust Scott on the short yardage carries. Uh, he looked good on goal line carries last year. Looked good on the short yardage guys. He looks like what Darren Sproles did in that role. Uh, with He was with Peterson. I, I don't mind him in that role, so that's why I would add more explosiveness. Michael Warren. I did say Adrian Killian's, yeah, from UCF. Uh, Michael Warren is a physical guy if they do want to add more physicality. Uh, you can Running back is a position that you can replace so easily. Uh, I would like to see one of these running backs on drafted guys make the team. Uh, I would rather see that over a veteran guy, but uh, I know you think otherwise too, and most Twitter does. And maybe during that training camp, they decide they have to bring a veteran back in. I wouldn't disagree or be mad about it, but what are your thoughts? Well, firstly, we've got to correct one thing you said. You said Corey Clement came out of nowhere. It's not true if you were following me. Connor. He was good at Wisconsin. So he was I, I, mentioned, I forgot to mention that for TJ Edwards. I forgot to mention that for TJ Edwards. I like TJ Edwards at Wisconsin before <laughs> Twitter did, yeah, so be, before we get into that. But Clement was good at Wisconsin. I always thought he was going to be drafted. I was surprised he was undrafted free agent, man. Yeah, completely random story about that. If you don't know this, because you, you probably don't. If anyone that followed me about three years ago, sometimes on Eagles Twitter, you get sort of attached to players, don't you? And I was just watching the running backs and I had a podcast at this point as well and I was talking about them. And being from the UK, I don't really know who's going where. So when some people say they watch tape with a blank slate, I really watch it with a blank slate. Like I know nothing about these guys. And I watched Corey Clement about about my 12th running back that year. And I was like, he's really good. And I just sort of tweeted out like, he's really good. I really liked him. And then I ended up doing my rankings. He ended up like 10 above a lot. I think he came out the same year as like... um was it P. Ryan, the guy the Redskins got who people liked who I never liked? And I was always on Clement. Um, always. Came really- out the front, uh, oh, got over I literally said, and go back on my Twitter, I said he will make the roster over Smallwood and Pumphrey. And people were like, you're mad. And I went, no, he's better. And apparently he fell because of other field concerns and Clement. But I always liked Clement um, quite a lot. If he was fully healthy, he could be the third running back done. Sanders, Scott, and Clement, I think you've got it all. Because Clement can do everything. He can play third down. Um, he can run the power concepts you want to run. Um, he ran all that in college. He can run zone concepts. Um, I completely agree with you, actually, on one aspect. I trust Doug and uh, Juice to do what, to make the running back position good. And there's one key reason why that people don't get into. 
um, which I find quite interesting. When people talk X's and O's, people love to talk about past concepts. They talk about what different uh, offensive coordinators are doing in the passing game. You see a lot of plays breaking down uh, sort of different passing concepts. We don't talk about running the ball match. Uh, why do some players run well in certain schemes? Well, part of the thing is Doug is incredibly varied in the Eagles run scheme. If you've ever studied the Eagles run game in depth, um, Sanders run a ton of zone concepts last year because um, that's what he's good at. Guess what? Jordan Howard comes in the game. Right, let's run a bit more power. Let's run a bit more duo. He doesn't ask running backs to do stupid things. He doesn't ask running backs to run his scheme, per se. His scheme is so multiple. Um, guess what? If you're good at running power, we'll run power. Why can you do that as well? Well, because he's always had unbelievably athletic, um, athletic sorry, offensive linemen. Brandon Brooks, put him in a power scheme. He's brilliant. Put him in his own scheme. He's brilliant. Lane Johnson does everything. Kelsey's obviously suited to a more uh, zone-based scheme, but Kelsey's so athletic, he can do everything. Jason Peters could do anything. So the Eagles have been lucky, but they're, the way they run their offense, they can just run a ton of different things. And what that means is running backs often look good in their system because they've got a good offensive line and Doug will sort of base the offense around what the running back is good at. So I don't really worry. I think Sanders can do it. Oh, Sanders is phenomenal. I mean, talk, if you're a fantasy guy, Sanders should be a first round pick in my opinion Sanders will have a very very good year this year um you saw him get better as the season went on um he's pretty much a zone runner but I think they'll start to use him in the goal line more I actually saw a couple of clips late in the season where they ran duo uh, on the goal line with Sanders which is like a classic power concept and they ran it with him because Howard was injured obviously but it still showed some trust um I think they might add a veteran running back I wouldn't complain if they do mainly because they might not be sure on Clement's health but Scott showed he can handle the load for a couple of games if you need him to. If Clement is healthy, you're completely fine there. But I don't think they'll trust Clement um, because of his health. I wouldn't be surprised if they sign a running back for the veteran, uh, veteran minimum and then move on from him if it doesn't work out. But I think that's just a little important note to make about the Eagles running game. People look good because the Eagles and Doug especially have done a brilliant uh, job of taking a running back's uh, strengths and using them correctly. Basically the opposite of Chip Kelly, for example, who was like, this is my system. Uh, I don't care if the Sean McCoy is not great in it, get rid of him, get someone who fits the system. Um, so I think what that's what Doug does so, so well. I think he's such a good coach with the running back. And I think that comes from Andy Reid, who was very similar. Um, you can give Doug a power running game and he'll go and use the Garrett Blunt and he'll use him excellently. You can go and give Doug um, Miles Sanders and he'll use him in a completely different way. Um, what I do want this year is I want a little bit more versatility from the backup running back. I think Jordan Howard was so limited in the past game, it did slightly limit them at times what they can do on offense. So if they do go for like a veteran running back, I want someone who can at least provide a threat out of the backfield. I don't want them to be a completely one-dimensional back. But like you, I just don't worry about the running back position. I think Sanders, Scott are really good. I think Clement, if he's healthy, has shown he can do it all. And Clement, go back if you ever ever bored, want to read a bleeding green piece on Corey Clement, go and watch what I go and read what I wrote about him. He runs power, he runs counter, inside zone, outside zone, a sweep, he runs it all. Clement can do literally everything uh, you want from a backup running back. He doesn't do any of it that well because he's an average player. Um, he's an average athlete, but he can do it all to an extent. He could easily carry your workload for two, three games if Sanders goes down. And Scott showed he can do a lot of stuff last year as well, especially on the goal line, like you said. So I really like the Eagles running back room already. I think if they want to add someone uh, that makes sense, go for it. Just don't pay him anything because it's not worth it. You've already got players there. And I hope they really do lean on Sanders next year because he is an extremely talented guy that will put up huge numbers if this offense, uh, if they give him the chance. I agree with you on the Sanders point. But the one more thing, uh, the thing that worries me about Clement, though, is he's not looked anything close to 2017 form. Uh, 2018, 2019, I know he was hampered with injuries, but I can recall against the Buccaneers, the 
first couple of weeks of the season against the Buccaneers, week two against the Buccaneers in 2018. He looked rough in the hole. Uh, he was just not hitting it with the same intensity of uh, – I know he's not fast or anything, but I, I thought he was a more fluid runner in 2017 than he was – I mean, ever has ever since. Uh, I, obviously, injuries play into that. But yeah, I think he's just been hurt. You- I think he's just been hurt, in all honesty. I think the player he was in 2017 is more who he is. I think he probably actually caught the ball too well in 2017. Um, I think he arguably uh, needs to catch – I think he didn't really – ever catch the ball that well in college. Um, but he caught the ball really well in 2017, um, better than he did in college. So I just think, to be honest, um, he wasn't healthy the last few years. I think as long as he stays healthy next year, which is a big if, if he is healthy, then I think he can easily be a running back two, running back three. And then the Eagles have got a really good three-hour backs. I agree with you. If he looks at 2017 form, I'm completely fine with him. But I, I, I really do. I don't know why. Adrian Killian, I mean, I do. I live in the Central Florida area, so – Everybody raves about Adrian Killens around here, so I did. I was aware of him, but uh, such a huge speed dynamic that you would love to have out of that backfield. Uh, I really want to see them add a more receiver threat in the backfield to complement. I, I know Sanders is as well, but I would love to see them add another guy that they can. Uh, what Sanders had, they had to take Sanders off the field. But I just think they don't have that much money right now to be. They don't have to worry about it. I think they need to go into training camp, see what they have with, with the guys that they have on the team, see what other positions aren't as have an impactful player like a Miles Sanders and invest that money in, in there if they need to and let these undrafted guys thrive under a proven head coach that will coach his running backs to his strengths, just like Deuce Staley will, just like Jeff Salvin will, just like Doug Peterson will. So uh, I'm good with running back. if they bring, Obviously, I would I wouldn't be opposed to them bringing in a vet. I think Devontae Freeman is – better days are far behind him he does have injury concerns of his own throughout his career but right now I'm not freaking out about running back no I'm the exact same I'm the same uh I'm happy with where they're at all right that does it for the Eagles brawl crew Johnny and I will be tuning in with the state of the position for other position groups we'll do quick little episodes on this We'll have to discuss what we want to do next time, Johnny. What do you you have any ideas off the top of your head we should go over? Yeah, I know wide like receiver is probably going to be everybody's pick. Like, come on, man, talk about wide receiver. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I feel like when you say quick little episodes, then we end up talking and it ends up going on too long. But that's the way that's the way the podcast world at the moment. Um, yeah, maybe we have a think wide receiver tight end that we could do a little bit on. Uh, maybe a skill position episode uh, next time. All right, sounds good. Signing off from Eagles Broad Crew of the Broad Network. Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial, available at Walmart. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Store-wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.